0: You're listening to episode number 26 of the 5-Minute Popcast Podcast. To book your magical Disney vacation, call Pollyanna at 833-88-TINKS, extension 708. Hey everyone, hey everyone, hey everyone, and welcome to 5-Minute Podcast. Your magical Walt Disney World vacation, call Tinks Magical Vacations at 833 88 Tinks today or visit TinksMagicalVacations.com. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Five Minute Podcast. My name is Nick, also known as at Disney Adams on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And this episode, as always, is sponsored by Tinks Magical Vacations as well as Anchor.fm. So this week is our Disney dining episode, which means I am with none other than Pollyanna Buff. What's up, Pollyanna? Hi, guys. And um, our special guest this week is um, someone who uh, I, I had a lot of fun talking with on the podcast a, a while back, and um, someone who had a lot to do with food. Um Coming up within Disneyland Paris and Walt Disney World, I'm talking with uh, Lee Cockrell. How are you, Lee?
1: Hey, good. I'm fine. Thank you. Good morning.
0: Great, great. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, it's good to be here. Appreciate it. So those of you who don't know who Lee Cockrell is or may know who he is but not know a whole lot, um, he is the former Vice President of Operations for Walt Disney World. Um, You also had a part in uh, food and beverage ops in both Disneyland Paris and Walt Disney World, correct? I did. Uh, Well, that's what we're here for today is talking about food. Um, (laughs) So if you don't know what goes into, um, you know, really how awesome Lee is, you know, you're more than welcome to go over to, is it LeeCockrell.com?
1: That's correct. Yes. And
0: uh, and check that out. Um, a lot of inspirational stuff. All of his books are on there. Um, you know, you can kinda of learn a little bit more about Lee. Again, you know, to teach you a little bit more. Um you did what is it, seventeen years at Marriott and another eight years at Hilton before coming to Walt Disney World?
1: Yeah, I did. Eight at Hilton, seventeen at Marriott,
0: and sixteen at Disney. Holy wow. cow, that that's a, a phenomenal career. And and your time at Disney, I mean, from the numbers I saw, it's it's about forty thousand cast members who are under you. Um you did twenty resorts, uh four theme parks, two water parks, uh, uh, downtown shopping area, as well as ESPN. That That's phenomenal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing, but I had
0: people who did, so I was in good shape. Well, that's one thing that you talk about in your podcast is really, um, you know, kind of who you surround yourself with, the, the team you build. So it, it, it's great to hear you say that. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's everything. And there's really nothing more important than the people you bring into your team. I mean, really, yeah. at the end of the day, great people, you get great results. So we're real good at that at Disney, making sure we're
0: very careful about who we bring in. Definitely. And Pollyanna, you had a question kind of in regards to, to staffing that many people, didn't you?
2: Well, I have, I have several questions just because I, I just find it, it it's so inspirational that you can do that. And as many times as I've been to Disney World but I've really never come across a cast member that has not gone over the top. I mean, I could we could do a whole podcast of like how many magical moments that I've seen or I've experienced. But I guess, you know, I, I'm just curious of the whole hiring process and how you keep um, cast members, because they are human beings, <laughs> to be on like they are all the time. I just, it, it amazes me that you can manage that and that they pull it off.
1: Yeah, well, I'd say, you know, we do a good job of hiring the right ones. You, could, you got two choices every day, can hire great people or not and we take right. our time and even today if you want to work at disney in one of those jobs you have to go on the internet and answer about 136 questions about yourself mm-hmm. about 90 of those are graded and others are duplicate questions asked in different ways so we can get an understanding of who you are uh, do you have high energy do you have stamina to stay on your feet and do the work all day discipline to get to work on time and we're looking for lots of things to make sure that we're bringing in the right person and uh mm-hmm you get through that when I was there they've changed it a bit now but you had to go to the casting center fill out an application but before you filled out the application you had to watch a film about Disney expectations for working there Mm -hmm. and it's a film that's very clear about being on time to work hospitality friendliness uh, personal appearance grooming guidelines uh, no no visible tattoos no visible piercings no purple hair Mm -hmm. Uh, As we say, Cinderella can't have a tattoo on her neck and Mickey can't smoke while he talks to your kids. (laughs) We are very careful. And in that that film, we're very clear. Yeah. Yeah.
0: A lot of clarity. At
1: the end of the film, about 20 to 25% of the people would get up and decide they didn't want to work for this. Wow. Wow. Well. yeah,
0: yeah, you know, and as the, you were talking about it, I, I was kind of thinking to myself, I, I wonder if people kind of, you know, did get the picture and realize how I, I can't make up to that. So it's funny that you mentioned people would walk out. Oh, yeah,
2: I was just going to say, well, first of all, thank goodness they walked out then and not once you've invested in them. But, you know, Disney is such a brand. Like, how, how do you protect that brand once you set them off on their own? I mean, I, I know that you've talked a lot, Lee, about trust and that's got to be hard with managing that many people in that many areas areas where you can't kind of keep your eyeball on them at all times?
1: Well, you can't. And I think when you hire the right people, your odds go up pretty significantly mm-hmm. that they're going to do a good job because they want to, not because they have to. Mm-hmm. And other part of that is if they have leaders that are, you know, their supervisors or people who look after them and make sure, you know, one of our goals there is to make sure everybody matters and they know they matter and uh, right. have leaders who can do that and look after your career and help you with your training, development and give you tough feedback when you need it and i always tell people manage like a mother mother, <laughs> mother don't care if you're happy they kick your butt and then they love you so they uh, <laughs> That's a good philosophy. To you. Yeah, yeah. Got to help people get where they need to be and when you help people be great they're just going to have a better career whether they stay with disney or go somewhere else and uh so the first thing we do is hire the right people and then we train them right we have heavy you know training training testing and enforcement of the training mm. and so when you hire great people when you give them the great education training and then you treat them right or i always say it's hire them right train them right and treat them right and you'll have a great organization
2: it just seems so simple but yet it works
1: <laughs> yeah i mean clarity first you know so people know what to expect don't oversell them on a place if it's going to be on your feet eight hours a day don't tell them it's going to be great because it's not right, It's right. tough and uh, also uh, there's a pride factor that mm-hmm. we are so clear about and making sure they understand that families save their money for years to come here and it's a big family deal it's not an expense account and we've got a responsibility to really make sure they have that special uh, trip with their children and uh they buy into that and uh it's uh, just it's like we're putting on a show like broadway you know we're putting on a show everybody gets hired there they have a part in the show and we're clear about what that part is and what they can say and not say what they can do and not do and so hopefully we put on a hit show every day and the guests are happy
2: yeah (laughs) I'd say so.
0: That, that's really neat that it's it really is almost a production every day from, you know, everyone from the cast members going out and picking up trash to the guys on the rides and, and you know, even higher up. It, you know, when you say that, you kind of realize instantly, you're like, holy cow, it really, it's just a huge production. But Lee, I want to start kind of talking about, you know, earlier on in your Disney career. Um, so it was it 1990 that you came in as food, head of food and beverage jobs for Disneyland Paris?
1: Yeah, I was at Marriott and I got recruited by Disney. I came down to Orlando, interviewed, and then I trained in Orlando. For over six weeks and went straight to paris yeah
0: did you have experience in france or was this like a whole new thing you're learning a new cuisine a new language a new uh way of of management or or was this something you had a little bit of preparation for
1: well i didn't have any business experience in france i'd been to france many times and we had friends there and i didn't i didn't speak the language but i was very familiar with it and uh I had spent many summers over there and, and visits and when you're in the hotel business, you know, you work with people especially the food business from all over the world. So I was comfortable working with people from anywhere. And uh, you know, once you meet people from all over the world you find out everybody's the same. And uh mm-hmm. so uh it was it was not that difficult. I mean the lang I wish I'd have spoken French because it's hard to uh get your points across when you have a translator. <laughs> but I had a translator if I needed it, but mostly all the business was conducted in English because oh, wow. people were from all over the world and it was a huge project. And, uh, so it worked out okay. And, uh, we hired great chefs and great restaurant managers and I wasn't cooking the food, so I didn't need to know too much about it. I just need to hire great chefs. And we found those from all over the world and brought them in. So get the right, right experts and your life will be easy.
0: Right. Oh, that's amazing. And I, I could imagine the the search to find those, those chefs too, must've been a, a little bit of fun for, for you and anyone else kind of out there, you know, uh, uh, you know, try, trying to <laughs> dine in their restaurants and whatnot. I can imagine that that's a pretty cool experience all in itself in the hiring process.
1: It was, I had to hire 200 uh, managers and chefs and, and we traveled all over the, all over the world to interview people that wanted to move to Disney and wanted to move to Paris and wanted, had the food experience and uh, were g- great at what they did. And so it took about two years to find everybody and get them over here, moved over here with their families and kids and in, into Paris. So it was a, uh, unique experience that I'd never had before.
0: Now, when, when you bring in a, a team like that, there's got to be a level, level of pride amongst everyone. Cause you guys were, you know, at the forefront of Disneyland Paris, correct? I mean, at, at this point it was just opening.
1: Yeah. I got there two years before the opening and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was totally new, uh, brand new. Nobody had mostly, I'd say 95% of the people had never worked for Disney. So we had yeah. to put that culture in place, that knowledge, mm. uh, their training, uh, their orientation to what Disney's all about. And, uh, because we had people hired from France, Germany spain italy uh, netherlands uk ireland everywhere i mean it was uh people came from everywhere and uh, so that was pretty unique uh starting up with people that really didn't hadn't worked for disney before yeah.
0: oh that's awesome see i would um i i, I know myself and my my lack of uh self-control when it comes to food i would be at every one of these chefs houses <laughs> <Sampling>. <laughs> trying, yes yes please, please make me everything you can you know so i i, I can imagine um polly did you have any uh, any other questions for him before we get over to a sponsor break?
2: Um I, you know one of the things that I had no, I'd known who you were, Lee, obviously, but I spent hours the other night just looking through, I mean, you're fascinating. And some of the things that I hear you pick, you know, say consistently, I'm just curious how you brought that back into the food industry. Like, um, I know some of the things that you like to say are the emotional connections. Like, how do you find that to be easily accessible in the food industry? Like I could see that as, you know, someone that, you know, the photo pass person or someone greeting you at a ride, but. Tell me a little bit about in the food industry, how you can make an emotional connection with um, someone.
1: Yeah, well, I you know, I try to tell everybody when we hire them that we have uh, the customers have four expectations.
2: Uh, mm-hmm.
1: One is they want you to make them feel special. And Mm -hmm. certainly when you go to a restaurant, uh, often it's to celebrate something Mm -hmm. and it's a nice evening out or a birthday or anniversary. And uh, we just teach everybody how to make people feel special by paying attention to them, knowing their name, greeting them quickly, being friendly, uh, being knowledgeable. uh, and uh, paying attention to their children If kids are with them uh, You know how to make people feel special The second treat them as individuals mm-hmm. Try to take care of their individual needs Whatever it is yeah. I said don't tell me your name is John And you're going to take care of me Tell me is there anything special tonight Are you celebrating a birthday or an anniversary How can we make it special for you and So treat people as individuals I'd say number three uh, Show respect to everybody No matter who, where they're from Or what color they are Or what background Or what sexual orientation Just be respectful to everybody Mm-hmm. and last uh train your people be knowledgeable have knowledgeable employees that know what they're doing because if you can do those four things uh, you're going to have a big emotional connection because if i make you feel special and i go out of my way to get whatever you need and i show respect to you no matter what right. and, and i'm well trained and i have can answer all the questions then you're going to be pretty happy
2: yeah it's funny you say that because i can think of like two different experiences long ago when my kids were smaller we talk about that now like I think the food was pretty good but it really was the experience and the cast member the waiter that took care of us and like sat down with us and interacted with us and it is funny that you don't walk away thinking it was because of that but but in retrospect you're like if it wasn't for that like that experience would have been good but because of what they did so Yeah, I mean, that's I think that's why I've gotten so hung up with your whole hiring process, because you are getting the right people in the right places and making it look as if they are absolutely loving it. So (laughs) I really applaud Disney for that and for all of your hard work and many years of doing that, Lee.
1: That's great. I say you don't have to be happy to work at Disney. You got to act happy for eight hours.
0: (laughs) You know Lee it's I'm, I'm I'm so happy that you said that on this podcast. I think um in your podcast at Creating Disney Magic you had said that probably 2 or 3 weeks ago and I must have told every co-worker, because they know I'm I'm such a Disney nut and I told my fiance so it's really funny that you say that cuz it is true you know anywhere you go but um to kind of complement what uh, Pollyanna was saying, you know, it, it's true kind of what you've implemented, and it's clear in a lot of my research that a lot of what you've implemented has really carried forward um, is that that interaction. Um, my, my favorite restaurant's Ohana and Ohana for breakfast, so let's be honest, I can get that breakfast just about any other resort. It's the it's the Mickey waffles, the, the sausage, <laughs> the eggs, you know, the family style platter is phenomenal, but my favorite part about Ohana is that I've always had a phenomenal server. My first one i i still remember him um to this day he was a history teacher he worked on the weekends to keep his seniority he loved my kids he made fun of me and emmett because we drank way too much stitch juice and um last year even was just the same thing so you know what you've implemented over the, the your tenure at disney still carries mm-hmm. on today and I, I see it you know in every trip that i take to walt disney world
1: you're right it's always about the people we remember it's not the waffle <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> the waffles are good though <laughs>
1: Yeah, don't. You remember them for 20 minutes, you remember the people forever.
2: That's true. That's
0: very true. Absolutely. So so on that I'm going to take a quick uh, break from our sponsors and we'll be right back. We are back and Lee this is the uh the Disney dining episode so I I want to really start getting into um some of your favorites um but before I do that you know we were talking about transitioning into France. Um, you know, after your tenure at France, uh, Disneyland Paris, you decided to come over to uh, do it was food and beverage jobs for Walt Disney World, correct?
1: Yeah, I did. I came back. Actually, I uh, in or- in uh, Paris, I got promoted to be in charge of all the hotel operations. Got out of food and beverage, and then uh, I came back to Orlando uh, in charge of the hotel division first, and then I brought my food guy with me, Dieter Hanning and mm, he was, was smart he, he and I, <laughs> he and I worked together for 20 years and uh, uh we just knew how to operate together and he was an expert he was kind of better than i was so uh i he was a real he's he's the one that made it happen people loved working with him he got the chefs in orlando we made a lot of changes there and uh so uh same old story get an expert next to you you'll always be better off
0: well, wow. and I mean, so this was Michael Eisner era. You guys came in, and at this point, I think food was underneath of um, – it wasn't consumer. Who Was was it under attractions at that point before you came in?
1: Yeah, attractions and hotels didn't even work together, actually. They were two separate companies. It was amazing. Yeah. We changed that over a couple of years. It was hard, and then uh, – so I became in charge of all operations, and then we started changing the restaurants because uh, the food was uh, pretty ordinary
2: mm.
1: and uh, not very exciting. So we started. We brought several of the chefs from Paris. Uh, a lot of them were American or French that spoke English well, and we moved them over. Uh, the California Grill was the first one we did, and we really made that a fabulous place and it still is today and invested about six million dollars in it to get it turned around and uh, then it just took off one by one we kept hiring better managers or better uh, chefs uh, we let the chefs do the menu we didn't tell them what to put on the menu that's mm. their thing and uh, i would say the food went from mm. average to really excellent great and uh, it's all about having the right folks the right expectations and uh, Getting people in there who are creative and have kept up with what the trends are in the world and what people want, and, and you know, this, diners are very sophisticated these days. A lot of diners know more than uh, the people than the restaurants you go to because they've been all over the
2: world. You know, that's pretty smart on on the fact. Like I think about like. Us planning vacations for people. And so many clients say, you know, I want a day not in the parks because I want to go around at the resorts or I just want to enjoy my resort. I think that's pretty genius of so Disney to make their resort, their food, their area it's so much better than the average that you want to spend a day there.
1: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> for Disney restaurants, the food is really spectacular. I mean, yeah. and it's great. And we get great comments on it. And people, we've had people come here just for dinner, fly in and have dinner at the California. <sighs> <laughs> on wow. your private planes and fly out again so
2: mm-hmm. i haven't done that yet so
1: <laughs> well you can and you get to Maybe sit up there and day. see the fireworks and yeah. oh, dinner yeah, yeah. pretty special
0: i actually interviewed a couple um a little while back who um i i met at the uh, jacques lindsay's Hangar bar um on my previous trip and they got engaged up at uh, disney's california grill they're, they're dvc members annual pass holders and um <laughs> they uh to get a reservation and um the you know when you're talking about the fireworks I, I I think about this all the time because really he was trying to get her to pay attention to the to the, to the fireworks and the mm-hmm. whole thing and there was there was a big snafu going on but really you know it, it seems like such a great restaurant such a, a nice place for, for romance but still you know, Great dining. Um, I, I definitely have to say that's one of my my more favorites of, of the ones that you had brought in. But um, for what a lot of people don't realize that I'm talking about here, um, and the you know, and the time that Lee was at Walt Disney World, a lot of new chefs came in. Pretty much the the entire cuisine at Walt Disney World changed. Um, I know a lot of people. I, before I knew that it was even you, Lee. I had read about this, heard about this this you know renaissance in food at Disney, and, and um, that was kind of led by you and your team. Um, so that, that way, you know, you guys can kind of understand what we're talking about a little bit here.
2: I had, you know, obviously been reading up and some of the things that you had talked about was the welcome and the farewell with the guest services. And that was pretty interesting because it's, it's things that you know i know happen and then once i hear it i'm like oh yeah it really does happen a lot but i wondered about the food industry because like i think about quick services and in all of my memories and i haven't like been trying to think of it but there is always someone there to greet me or to hand me a menu or to ring the bell at the harbor you know something t- in right. order to welcome me but i'm wondering about the farewell piece of it lee like how do you how do you manage that in something like a counter service where people are kind of coming and going and it's, is the farewell piece like at, Counter is it? T- talk to me a little bit about and and why you think that's so important. That welcome and farewell.
1: Well, you don't see it very often in the farewell. If you go to quick service restaurants, which right. you could, mm-hmm. and I'll say Chick Fil A actually does it well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You always feel like they really appreciated you. They have these professional people on. They're very mm-hmm. they greet you. I mean, uh, it's a matter of what you want. And uh, arrival is the most important part. We greet you. We now you're already feeling like we're on top of it. We got it together. We set a good example. Uh, You have a good experience. And, you know, to say they've proven that guest satisfaction ratings go up dramatically just by genuinely thanking somebody on the way out. Mm -hmm. How many times do we go to restaurants? We just get up and walk out and we've left a bunch of money on the table for them. And you don't even hear anybody say anything. Right. You know, we'd never do that if we had somebody for our house. You know, when they leave, we'd walk them out to the car and we tell them, Mm -hmm. guys. you came and I hope see again drive safely So
2: wave until they're at the bend yeah you're right yeah
1: Mm. you don't yeah you don't lock them out and turn the light off before they're in their car and uh, so uh, it's just a matter of deciding that you want to have an experience where they arrive it really blows them away how nice this is going to be it already puts them at ease and when they leave that they're say wow weren't they nice and they want to come back and uh, that's the name of the game repeat business and people go where they feel like they're appreciate it. Mean, and I
2: like the idea that you're looking at it at the California Grill aspect and at the Starlight Diner aspect. You know, it, that all, all people matter. Like you say, I love that. That even if you're not spending, you know, bukus of money and you're getting a quick bite, that you're still important in Disney eyes.
1: Hey, you can do this when you go to 7-Eleven. You go to yeah. some, the guy, hey, how
2: are you? Welcome.
1: How you doing? And on the way out, thanks for coming in today. Hope your coffee's good. Let me know. I mean, it's just a matter. It's a matter right. of picking people, training them, clearing their expectations. Expectations and uh, creating the environment that's uh, really welcoming. And mm-hmm. then you get more business. Next time you're de- driving by that 7 Eleven, you pull in and say, Wow, there's that same guy.
2: Right. And I think about that in life in general. I'm a school teacher as well. So greeting the kids as they walk in my classroom makes them feel yeah. important. Like I, I'm eager to see them and I'm ready to, in the same thing when they when we say goodbyes, you know, have a good afternoon, you know, have fun with your dog, you know, things like that, just those personal connections.
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody wants to be appreciated and everybody matters. Matters. We all could do a lot better job at being more respectful and to people, whether they're strangers or neighbors or busy uh-huh. work or somebody cleaning the bathrooms in the airport. You can, right? You don't just have in to.
2: life in general. Exactly.
0: I agree. Yeah, we can all be better. <laughs> I agree. All right. Well, guys, we're getting a, a little bit close to where I, I want to start cutting us off. So I, I definitely want to ask you a couple questions um, a little bit more about your favorites, Lee. <laughs> so, first question I, I have for you is um, Can you give us kind of a, a favorite snack? or um meal that when you were over it doesn't even have to be in in disney uh land but when you were over working disney in paris was there something that was like a go-to for you and your wife when you were over there
1: well you know there's an interesting the french love steak and uh there was a restaurant we love to go to that only serves steak and French fries. <laughs> and, and uh, all you have to pick—they give you a little salad too—but all you got to pick is you want red or white wine. That's it. And how you oh, want yeah. your meat cooked. And the line is a mile long for people to get into that restaurant. And it's kind of—they might as well put a sign out there: if you don't like meat, don't come in here, because. That's <laughs> and they specialize in there. It's called en- entrecote, and it's just incredible. And people line up for blocks to get into this restaurant and the french fries is a big silver tray more french fries and you could eat in your whole life and they're freshly cooked and oh man i mean they're in real oil and you're not not vegetable oil <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's everything you shouldn't eat and it's fabulous and oh, people just go back and back and back so they decided to specialize on one thing and do it better than anybody in the world and mm-hmm. uh, there's a customer out there
0: for different things
1: if you want Mexican no, I, I fruit, know. you know don't go to a japanese restaurant <laughs>
0: Oh, <sighs> I think I would, I would probably man the lines for something like that. I could definitely go for a, a good steak and fries. No, exactly. Now, what about in um, in um, when you came down into Orlando, is there is there any place that you know you guys liked? I know in the last time we talked, you guys uh, or you had talked a lot about liking EPCOT, but was there anywhere that you know you particularly liked to to dine at? You know, whether when you got out of work and you were able to bring some food home or anything along those lines.
1: Well, let me tell you, in Orlando, there is no shortage of restaurants. Every restaurant in the United States or around the world is here because this is what they use as a test market for a new restaurant because people come from here all over the world so they get a good uh sampling of if people like it or not and i would say we we go to a peruvian restaurant now it's in our neighborhood and it's just absolutely fabulous and it's a little privately owned restaurant we go to uh, there's a uh, argentinian restaurant here uh, we love to go there um there's a Lebanese restaurant. These mm-hmm. are all like five minutes from my house. And so we cook less and buy out more. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's Orlando may be one of the best cities in the world for just every kind of restaurant you can imagine. And, uh, you know, they get, oh, I think we had 60 million visitors to Orlando last year. Wow. and uh, so uh restaurants do extremely well here and uh, there's every cuisine from every country that you can imagine and uh, so yeah it's a great place and we we try different things we yesterday uh, my wife and i decided to go out and we went out for dim sum so we had chinese mm-hmm. today at eater's restaurant over on colonial drive and it was fabulous and <laughs> So yeah. it, there's anything you want. It's not like, you're not going
2: to go hungry. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, the town I grew up in at Art I didn't even get pizza till I was 20 years old. So that's uh, any choice you have.
0: You know, that's, I, I'm thinking about the way you're saying that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about my town. I, I, I don't think we have anything after nine o'clock at night. And the <laughs> only place that delivers is one Chinese food place. And, and they know be my name now because I, I, they're, they're my one delivery choice. So that I, that, that could, that could be phenomenal uh, living down, um, you know, in Orlando and having that experience to be able to do that now one thing that i, I was kind of curious about and this was just you know kind of popped in my head as we've been talking one big change that's ha- happened at the parks is uh allowing alcohol is a, a more common thing throughout each park do you have any opinion on that or is it you know is it something that you think is a good idea or otherwise
1: well i think it's a good idea because you know we used to try to not let people drink alcohol in the united states if you remember yeah. back to the 1920s <laughs>
0: that, didn't,
1: <laughs> that didn't work out too well and uh, no, I mean, you people, you can't, let me tell you one thing I know for sure, you cannot control people. You know what I mean, people, you know, and there's people that that's, if you're a French person, you have a glass of wine. And, and there have been no issues, no problems at Magic Kingdom by implementing this. It, it, you know, it was Actually, when you think about charging somebody a huge price for dinner and not allowing them to have what they want, if it's legal, then uh, all right. And people don't want to drink; don't drink. And people are there mainly with families, and we've had no issues of people getting out of control, out of hand. uh, And uh, you know, it's uh, just uh, times change. And just think of all the times that it. Well, you guys are young, but in my life, just all the things that have changed and uh, that we didn't used to do and we didn't allow to do. And today, guests won't come back unless you treat them as individuals and uh, Mm -hmm. so I think it was a good thing yeah I think it's fine as long as it is controlled you can't be walking around outside with one and then you have to have it at your dinner and we're not selling it from the carts and like coca-colas and french fries so you know it's a, it's in a controlled way
0: cool yeah I, I know I, I I definitely enjoy the uh, the transition it, it's made it a little bit more comfortable just to be an adult and relax there I know me and Pollyanna we like talking about some of the the new fruitier um, beverages that they've been making especially um you know throughout some of the the newer lands um Pollyanna, do you have anything else before we close up
2: No, the only other question I was just curious, um, Lee, was your opinion on the festivals, you know, at Epcot, it seems as if, you know, every month they're changing out to a new festival. What's your what's your take on that? Do you I mean, obviously, it's it's producing money for them, and it's bringing in um, customers, but what Like, what's your overall feeling on the festivals at
1: Epcot? Well, I was here when we started those. We started Mm -hmm. the wine and food, and that is so popular. It's amazing. We have friends that come here every year for that festival. I think they put... A million and a half people through that festival, and people love it. They get exposure to all these different cuisines, and uh, it's kind of you know they get cultural exposure to the cast members, and and then the flower and garden. Man, let me tell you, the number of people in this country that are into flowers and gardens. I mean, they go nuts. I yeah. mean, I don't even go out in my yard, but these people are like committed. I mean, they and they love it. And you know, if you can have something special that uh, when we travel, we always go to a special place that we want to, like Italy, or we going to go to France, or we want to go to Canada. But uh, so we make that a possible here for people who can't maybe afford those kinds of things. I mean, you get an experience at the flower and garden festival that you won't get anywhere. I mean, right, it's, it's special. And, uh, I guess they like it because they just keep coming back by the millions. (laughs) So, yeah. And
2: even Absolutely. the festival of art, that new one, is yeah. really neat. Like I'm not an artsy person, but we went the first year, and it was so great to go around and just experience it all. And like we made origami, and it looked like origami. You know, <laughs> it, it was it was really it was a fun experience. So I've I've enjoyed the festivals. I just didn't know your aspect since you've seen the park change for as long as you have.
1: No, um, it's uh, become kind of a staple by now. It's been going yeah. on a long time, and people look forward to it and plan their vacations around. You know, and in all our cities, everybody's trying to do festivals to get more interest and people have more fun. You know, like partner there said he lived in a city that only has Chinese food. I think he ought to move out of there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: I think he wants to move to Orlando, so be careful.
1: you
2: should don't,
1: don't tempt me <laughs> this is an easy <laughs> place to live let me tell you we got a great airport uh, it's a great place to live florida and you live longer here so uh...
0: yeah I made the mistake of uh getting a business card from a uh, a real estate agent when i was down there last time and um this guy's good he sends me he's hey i just registered my car this week and i'm like okay yeah and he's like it was 30 dollars. i'm like oh man that's oh, that, that's, that's 150 dollars cheaper than what i'm gonna spend this year and <laughs> Um, and he does, he does, he talks about even the cost of living and, and the amenities and everything that's around and it's becoming harder and harder not to move towards your way, Lee. Yeah. What's keeping you up there, by the way? Um. <laughs> family with the kids and, um, if you
1: move to Florida, your family will all be coming to visit you, don't worry.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I honestly believe that. We're doing uh we we just booked our, our date for our wedding down at the paddlefish in uh Disney Springs. Yeah. And uh I you know, I didn't think we were gonna be able to fill up a 30 uh person uh list and that that would be willing to go down to Orlando. And from everyone I've talked to, it <laughs> seems like we will so I you know it, it's funny that you say that because I, I think they probably would be down visiting. me me more than they were at home you know doing the things they were supposed to be doing
1: right they will be and they'll stay a few extra days after you go on your honeymoon
0: (laughs) (laughs) well let's hope so because i'm going to be planning their trips for them so (laughs) well well, lee thank you so much for coming on um guys if you want to hear more from lee he has a few really great books um i'll read off a couple names for you one of them is career magic um my favorite is the customer rule there's also creating magic and um time management magic did i miss any lee
1: oh that's good you did a good job and i have a podcast too every Tuesday morning called Creating Disney Magic.
0: And if you guys are um, avid podcasters, I listen to uh, Lee's podcast every week. The episodes aren't you know some crazy long ones that you're you're going to have to pause and stop a lot, but. There's a lot of really great information, especially if you're you're somewhere professional. There's stuff that I take away from Lee's podcast just about every week that I implement into my personal abilities and, and uh, professionalism. So definitely give that a listen. And then if, if you want to learn more about Lee or um you know maybe contact him to have a, a speaker at any event um you can go over to leecockrell.com.
1: Thank you so much for having me today. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank oh, you. It's and been a pleasure. Yana, thank you guys take care.
0: You as well. Thanks, Lee. For more from the 5-Minute Podcast Network, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look for at 5MIN Podcast, and we can be heard on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Slacker, and anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. Be sure to leave a review.